0: On this edition of the Iowa Business Report... So
1: it's, it's relatively simple. Something different for which someone is willing to pay.
0: Innovation is key to growth and success in business. But what does it really mean? Iowa and other states reach a settlement with Google on tracking data. And in our business profile, we'll hear about sports marketing in an ever-changing business climate. This is the Iowa Business Report for the third weekend of November, 2022.
2: The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein.
0: Innovation for many is a great concept, but one which may be difficult to implement for a variety of reasons. Advance Iowa is part of the Center for Business Growth and Innovation at the University of Northern Iowa. Paul Kinghorn is director of the center and the intellectual property officer for the university.
1: No question that there's a lot of different definitions that are used in in industry and abroad. So when we talk about innovation, We use a relatively simple adaptation. Basically, it represents a change or a process or a product or service that produces a new or improved solution to a customer's pain, need, want, or an opportunity. And then this is the caveat for which the customer is willing and able to pay. Or a little side note that improves margins or reduces resources invested without compromising the customer's result. So it's, it's relatively simple. Something different for which someone is willing to pay. And I know that that's a very general broad and we can get into the specifics of uh, why we use that. But, but just because it's new, but it doesn't change anything, doesn't require clients and or internal operations to improve in any fashion, doesn't necessarily make it innovative. Most people, when they think of innovation, they think of something large, really substantial. Um, and there's some research that was done by uh, a Dr. Day out of the... Uh, Warren School of Business at the University of Penn, really good stuff that talks about, you know, the difference between like technology breakthrough, whether it's incremental or relatively small versus really substantial, and then the impact it has on the market, whether it's really small or whether it's really substantial. And he broke it out and, and used terms that we all ubiquitously use on a regular basis. We talk about innovation, but he differentiated uh, in a meaningful way. In fact, we, we gave a presentation to a large manufacturer some engineers that were there, and when we shared this concept with them at the end of this four-hour workshop, they said that was the most insightful thing uh, of anything we presented, because it also challenged what they normally thought of in terms of these terms. And so, for instance, he he differentiates the difference between breakthrough, disruptive, or game-changer, Right, all terms that we use, we talk about innovation, but in, in Dr. Day's model, breakthrough is something that is really advanced technologically, but not necessarily yet having a market impact. So the role I have within the university as the intellectual property officer, I get the benefit of working with faculty who do really, really state-of-the-art things. I mean, up against the best in the world types of things. And it's really fun to see and be part of that. Uh, We haven't yet gotten fully to where it can be commercialized. So we would consider that stuff to be breakthrough. On the other hand, if it's not all that, significant in its technology adaptation, but it really makes a difference. So think of Uber or Lyft or think of Airbnb. All they did differently was democratize you know, the, these resources out there, people's homes for overnight stays and in the case of Airbnb or using your own car to, to shepherd people around. But in any event, it is no less disruptive, but it didn't take a huge lift technologically. And then if it is both technologically advanced and has super uh, market impact, then we get things that are game changers. And when you think about the smartphone, right? The iPhone in the beginning, and then now what it is. Now, if you leave home and you forget your iPhone, it's like a third appendage. Your day is less than what it would otherwise be. But, you know, 20, 30 years ago, if anyone would have asked us, do we need this in our lives? We all would have universally said, no, you know, I've got a phone at home. I got a phone at work. Why do I need to have one with me?
0: Paul, how much of this is fear? In other words, if I'm running a company and you come to me and say innovation ought to be part of your core strategy and you can't be afraid to fail and we want to reward innovation, that may seem a little scary to me because I know where I'm at. I'm, I'm keeping the car on the road and you're suggesting that sometimes I might slide off onto the shoulder or heaven forbid in the ditch and have to recover. So how much of it? is fear on the part of a business owner.
1: Well, there's no question that fear plays in to this equation, both all the way to the most senior level, the business owners and their senior staff, all the way down to the rank and file, the individuals that are operating within the company. And, and, and by the way, this applies to the largest multi-international corporations all the way down to the startup with just a few people involved. Where's the reward system? If the shareholders want their return, and it's a short-term perspective, and they penalize management. And if, the, and if it's a closely held, privately held company, if the owner wants their profits and they're not willing to experiment uh, and put things at risk, you're going to be rewarded with what you incent, right? And, and that is a culture that doesn't necessarily uh, stray outside and take big risks. The, the whole idea behind successful organizations um, isn't that they are not intentional in what they're trying to do and take uh, a risk. It's that they allow for failure and there's not the heavy handed punishment that comes with it. If something doesn't turn out well, now th- this is the old, you know, you did it one time. What'd you learn? Don't do it again. Problem, which is fine. Do it several times. Okay. We got a bit of a problem. We're not learning from our mistakes. And so we're not advocating by any stretch of the imagination that people just make mistakes or 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 fail but but rather that they bake into their system ways to identify and then do it in structural ways so that you can mitigate any long-term implications from it what a lot of people do is it's the whole you know damn the torpedoes full speed ahead thing and then they just wait until you know something either blows up or has magnificent success well there are ways to monitor and manage it through that process so that if you identify it's going uh, a way different than what you had hoped for, you can interject, intervene and, and have some attempt to, to correct it. So, so it's not about um, recklessness at all. It's about, you know, structured and process. And, and what we find pretty consistently with the clients that we deal with is uh, a lot of them aren't familiar enough with these processes. And so they just kind of throw caution to the wind and sometimes are wildly successful and they pat themselves on the back but they struggle to repeat it because they don't know how they got successful in the first place, or they aren't, and then they throw it out because tried that, got burned, don't want to do it again.
0: Paul Kinghorn is director of the Center for Business Growth and Innovation and Advance Iowa, the presenting sponsor of this radio program. For more on the variety of services they offer, go to AdvanceIowa.com. Still to come, check those app permissions and bringing the home team to fans across the state. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. I'm Jeff Stein. Through special arrangement with the publisher, TotallyIowa.com is now able to offer two of my books at a special holiday discount. Making Waves, the people and places of Iowa broadcasting, and one week in June, the Iowa floods of 2008, are now available at a fraction of their original cost. Buy both and save even more. Other great keepsakes are available, too, by going to TotallyIowa.com. That's TotallyIowa.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest quarterly member survey by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. It was announced Monday that Iowa will receive just over $6 million as part of a nearly $400 million multi-state settlement with Google, this over location tracking practices. The settlement limits Google's use and storage of certain types of location information and requires Google account controls to be more user-friendly. Ashley Keeler is a communication specialist with the Office of the Iowa Attorney General.
3: Back in 2018, the Associated Press ran a story that looked into Google's tracking practices with their phones and their software. And so that article had found that there were two different account settings within Google the location history and then the web and app activity that would track users. And so The location history was automatically turned off. Users could opt in to turn that on. However, the web and app activity was automatically on, and it wasn't really clear how customers would find that information or be able to turn it off. It wasn't quite as transparent as we would like to be. So attorneys general got together and and did an investigation. Those disclosures are very important and those are part of a lot of the privacy laws each state has, but also then knowing what is happening with that data. That's very sensitive data, your location tracking. While it doesn't have personal information attached to it, if somebody were to look at that for a long period of time, they could find your patterns and then learn more about who you are. So money from the settlement goes to the Consumer Education and Litigation Fund of our office, which supports other investigations, education efforts within our Consumer Protection Division. As far as actual consumer restitution, that's not included in this settlement. However, there is a pending class action lawsuit in California that involves this issue. It includes everything that we've investigated. The plaintiffs in that case are looking to provide relief to Google users across the U.S., so that would include Iowa Google users.
0: Coming up, college sports fans are big business to the schools they follow. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Saddle up for Iowa History Journal's November-December cover story about former Iowans at the O.K. Corral, including Wyatt Earp and cowboys like the McClowry brothers. Dive into the story of Olympian Zoe Olson and read about Iowa State University's iconic fountains, the Sullivan brothers, and the fight for DMACC's urban campus. Get your copy of Iowa History Journal at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and iowahistoryjournal.com. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. In this week's business profile, we'll introduce you to Brian Gable, general manager of Panther Sports Properties, a division of Learfield. They handle the broadcast rights for University of Northern Iowa sports broadcasts, but that just scratches the surface of their work these
2: days. Panther Sports Properties is the local office for Learfield. We're a national sports marketing, media, and tech company that has relationships at 180 schools across the country, including all four here in the state of Iowa with Iowa Iowa State, Drake, and certainly Northern Iowa Panthers here locally. So main crux is we go out and we sell corporate partnerships, corporate marketing on behalf of our representative institutions, and whether that be signage, traditional radio, TV in some markets, uh, And then certainly now we found, you know, the digital and, you know, social media, all of those types of opportunities. So, you know, it's exciting.
0: Basically, the athletics department knows how to put good teams on the field and they hire Learfield through the locally established company for the University of Northern Iowa Panther Sports Properties, because you're the experts at marketing, communication, deriving the revenue so they can focus on. The on-court, on-field product.
2: Yeah, certainly. And um, yeah, we've been—I uh, think our 50th year. Uh, so we've done this a long time. You know, certainly started as a radio company, and you know how we wanted to drive some additional revenue dollars. And certainly, the, the schools focused on the development side and facilities, and you know that in-game atmosphere. And you know, we think partners want to be a part of that stuff. So yeah, we we bring corporations to the table to partner with all these schools.
0: And as you note, the four largest colleges/slash universities in Iowa are tied to Learfield in one way or another. So talk about the radio aspect. You have to find stations. You have to drive advertising. My guess is that part has not really changed that much over the past 25 or 40 years.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a huge piece. I mean, it's the crux of our company. We've got a full production team and radio affiliate team in Jeff City, where we were founded. We're now primarily based out of Dallas, uh, Plano. But yeah, radio is key. I mean, it's in all of our partnerships for the most part. And then, just as, we, as we've gone to our phones and our computers and all that stuff, you know, everything's streamed on the varsity network as well. So, you know, great coverage, and I mean, those are our flagship stations, and you know, it all starts with them. And then, yeah, you know, we've got affiliates across the state. Uh, we've got a team that goes out and has those in individual markets. So, you have Panther fans, Hawkeye fans, Cyclone fans, Bulldog fans across the state can you know tune into their local dial. And yeah, it's a huge part of our piece. You know, the radio guys become synonymous with our programs telling the story via radio is just a key component to our business.
0: Now, you mentioned with all the new technology, you have apps, you have podcasts, you have social media. That sort of thing has just exploded in the last 10 years.
2: It's amazing how much it's come and you know I haven't done it that long you know compared to, to some folks but you know just how much it's changed in the last five to seven years and you're right you know fans are everywhere we like to think you know we've got fans 365 days a year and now we've got ways to connect them whether it's inside interviews you know behind the scenes videos you know engaging social media content the football games and basketball games volleyball games women's basketball like those are going to be those tentpole events where large crowds come together and you know, they want to be a part of that game day win, you know, and that energy that's in a building that you just can't recreate. But, you know, people are watching online, They're you know, they're watching on ESPN3, ESPN+, they're watching on TV, they're listening to the radio. Like Like, just because they're not in venue during those events – You know, our fan base is growing and, you know, and as we learn more about that via first party data and how they come and how they interact with our schools. I mean, it's just becoming that much more scientific and data driven, you know, to really drive results for our partners instead of just saying, oh, there's my awesome sign. I saw it. It looks great. You know, now we can really find out. Jeff's our fan. You know, he lives in Blackhawk County. We know where he likes to eat. We know what kind of car he drives. We know what he might think about insurance. And, you know, we can then go put that information in front of our partners and drive real results for our university partners.
0: It's always been difficult in traditional radio and television to a lesser extent. Difficult to accurately measure audience. Television, it's easier because people aren't carrying televisions around with them. Radio much more mobile in the car, et cetera. But it's still an inexact science because it's based traditionally on diaries and recollection. But you can tell me exactly how many hits a podcast gets, a web page gets, and wherever in the country, however you've sliced the analytics, you can tell me everything about that heat map, that geographic reach. That's valuable to a business.
2: Yeah, it is, and and, and especially as this gets, I think, a little bit more nuanced, but, it, you know, as it gets harder and harder to find fans for our any business here, not just the university teams, it's like, you know, you see Apples and, you know, the Googles, you know, taking out first-party data and, you know, not being able to, to track ourselves on our phones and this, that, the other thing. So for us to be able to know exactly who listens to a broadcast and who's been to our website and who's bought a ticket and, you know, who's buying apparel at our stores and uh, to be able to bring all that together and, not know exactly who that person, is, but to have an idea through that you know data and the tech part of our our company to to build really awesome fan profiles and then be able to go put that in front of businesses and say, hey sixty two percent of our fans are female, forty five percent of them have two kids, fifty two percent of them have a household income of one hundred and fifty thousand plus or more. Like we can really start to tell a powerful story of who is in our building and and why brands should be associated with that. And so, yeah, it's really awesome.
0: And especially too, because fans of a university generally, alums, but of university athletic teams in particular, they are devoted. And so they will opt in as opposed to certain metrics, certain businesses where you might opt out of giving too much information you're a fan you're devoted you're more likely to if you will play along i don't mean to sell it short but but that really is a benefit then as opposed to a garden variety business that's just trying to learn about what people might be clicking on their website
2: yeah and then then there's that trust factor too Mm -hmm. right it's like well xyz company is partnered with the panthers you know just it adds that extra level of yeah that's who we want to be associated with that's where we're at it's uh, you know it's not that other mediums are bad. I mean, there's a space for everywhere we go, but you know we just think that at all of our schools and certainly here in Cedar Falls, Cedar Valley, for you know the panthers, like we have a great fan base, and we know exactly who that is, and you know we know what kind of people attend our events and you know and we can slice and dice in any number of ways. you know I'd like to to tell folks is you know we span the gamut, you know from young kids. I've got two young daughters myself that love the Panthers in a different way than myself and Angie that are college grads that remember the Panthers in a different way to our parents and grandparents that remember things. So so we've got all of these different demographics that, you know, depending on how we want to target them, we go in different ways. For an older fan base, maybe it is more traditional radio and signage because that's what they're comfortable with and that's where they're at. And then maybe you've got 30s and 40 year olds that love a phone and love that instant gratification and the twitter and all those so we're heading them that way and then we've got special events and all those things that we're doing for kids and things there so it really kind of crosses the spectrum of how we can get in with folks and it's and it's awesome it's fun i mean nothing's the same with any partner that we work with and you know creativity is really unlimited you know if we can think of it and we can pull it off i mean we can kind of make some some cool things happen
0: we've talked about a lot of things in terms of evolution and how it has changed. So as you look ahead to the next five or 10 years, what do you think are going to be some of the challenges and some of the opportunities?
2: Mm, That's a good question. Um, NIL, I think we've got to figure out what that looks like. I mean, um, it's here, it's not going away. It's, it's an awesome opportunity for, you know, student athletes and, you know, for them to earn, you know, money for doing certain things. But, um,
0: and, and that's uh, where the athletes are compensated to do endorsements, name, image, and likeness. and Correct. We all call it NIL yeah. because it's that broad category. Yeah,
2: the name, image, likeness. Yeah, where they can go out, whether it's camps or you know autographs or apparel or you know brand partnerships for that. I mean, we've got to figure out how to how to wrap our hands around or hands and arms around that. Um, so that'll be a big change. And I think just the the resource gap is how, like, how do we find more? more dollars. I mean, who knows what's happening currently in the, in the current business environment and inflation and potential recessions and, and all those things that are on the you know, mind. So again, to your point on the, their ROIs, like, we're just going to have to continue to get laser focused and prove why it can work. And, and that's why I think we've invested so much in, you know, the media and the data side of things that we want to be able to go out and say, Hey, like we know, again, this is who our fans are and this is
0: why we know it works. Brian Gable of Panther Sports Properties, based in Cedar Falls. Again, you and I, Iowa, Iowa State, and Drake, all have partnerships with Learfield for their respective sports marketing and broadcasting relationships. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program, by going to TotallyIowa.com and clicking on the Radio Programs link. We're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook we welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us and we hope you have a prosperous week.
2: The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content.
3: For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.